Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... Tonight's podcast is that thorny issue of understanding things outside the zone of human comprehension. So, the one that comes most easily to mind is imaginary numbers, and then uh, probably... Uh, symmetries and groups and dimensions which are just beyond uh, the three dimensions and the normal groups that we have. So a group that we might have is might be a, a square, how you rotate a square, or flip a book around and uh, rotate it back to its original uh, position. There might be something we can comprehend. That, but there are things that we can quickly get to a level that beyond which we can comprehend and uh, this uh, creates a problem, I think, uh, in society, uh, because overall we have more people working on things that uh, they understand but they can't comprehend, and we are producing more and more shit, should I say, computers, uh, ideas, uh, chemicals, drugs, which... Uh, we can understand the use of it, but we can't actually comprehend the individual steps. So at a particular point in time, there were uh, there's always been things that we haven't been able to comprehend, uh, but with time, we've been able to work away and find a way of comprehending them. So there's this uh, feeling that everything, if we've worked hard enough, uh, we can comprehend. But at a certain point in time, we come up against uh, mathematics, which suddenly left our understanding, our, our ability to comprehend, and we've gone beyond it. And uh, that leads a uh, several things coming along. So I'm going to contend that the fact the rate of uh, growth of human understanding is beginning to really outstrip um, our comprehension-based model. So comprehension is something where you pick something up and you get it. You just physically get it. Like it might be counting or getting money or feeling full. There's a series of physical real-world interactions which can result in a physical experience. So you can sort of supplement uh, your understanding with a sensory experience which reinforces it. Now, uh, what's happened is that we have, in the past 100 years, really past 200 years, but most of the past 100 years, really surpassed that. And uh, uh, the fact that uh, the average Joe uh, can't uh, understand it, or can't, they can't understand it, uh, they believe they can comprehend it. Given enough time, they can comprehend it. And so what's happened is that uh, sort of two or three aspects, the amount of people producing, uh, working on a particular area, and expertise, and that expertise being able to be transformed into a product or knowledge shared universally has increased. And the amount of, so the sheer volume of knowledge, the sheer number of people working on it, and the ability to, to save and communicate has really increased. So we are, are now living in a world 
where we begin to uh, do things way, way beyond people's imaginations. We're seeing stars out there and seeing planets around the stars. We're seeing the edge of the universe. We see the age of the universe. We see all the elements. We've got all 118 elements. Uh, we've coded DNA. We're uh, generating virus, uh, vaccines in a year. We're doing things which are all pretty amazing. And uh, for instance, I'm uh, walking by, they uh, give me this podcast, and it's been stored in the shape of electrons and crystals. It's all pretty amazing, and it's way, way beyond. Uh, the individual is having such access to drugs, equipment, and things like this, yet the actual mind world of that individual is still kept very much the same, that, that village bubble that most people's brains exist in is still very primitive, and uh, there's a lot of people keeping it primitive there. Now, this is something that I've come across, and I've sort of just tricked away, saying, God damn it, I'm going to understand it. God damn it, I'm going to understand quantum mechanics. As I go through there, so, well, God damn it, I'm going to understand nuclear physics. I'm going to start to understand uh, stuff like that. And I see that understanding it, what's happening is that there's a whole lot of people sort of being cultivated, sort of fed on shit and kept, kept in the dark. They're like mushrooms. So they're fed cultivated information, they're cultivated. That is that uh, we have domesticated uh, animals, we've cut down rainforests, we've ploughed the environment, and uh, we are actually um, domesticating. Uh, enslaving people with ignorance. Um, so uh, there's a thing that uh, culture makes life easier, but in making life easier, there's a catch. So it uh, is habituation of thinking, gets people into it, it makes them controlled, and ultimately uh, you have a control thing. It's like a magic act. You can press the levers of a culture and get a whole group of people up to smash another group of people. Like you can create a bigger than life machine. So a king uh, can have a mighty army behind it and he can point and by magic cavalry and cannons can fire and he can, he can pr pr project power. And you can bring power through the uh, uh, social machine. And this social machine, this is political powers, everyone believing things, uh, behaving in a particular way, uh, is something which uh, you see on all different scales. You see it at a national scale, you see it at a community scale, you see it even at a family scale, where uh, people can get a whole group of people and smash people with other groups of people coming together. And uh, this form of cultivation 
runs counter. So you have to have a brain and it's like a programmed robot. You can't get the robot thinking for itself. You have to come in and you have to feed it artificial information, things which aren't correct. And so I've had a, I haven't seen it initially, but as I have studied, I've said, oh, this world that people are living in is not correct. Here's correct stuff. And can I put the two together? No, there's a lot of tension involved in that. And uh, it's only got, uh, it hasn't got worse, but uh, back in the day, uh, you could basically speak to someone for half an hour and then get them to march all the way to Jerusalem. You could, uh, in a crusade, you could, or at the start of World War One, you could uh, just rock up at a village and a bit of jingoistic in the paper reading it, and uh, they'd walk off to Gallipoli. These people just drop everything and do it. Well, it's getting a bit more complicated. However, the sort of ground is moving. And now, obviously, these people would act and move as a society as a social machine. So this, the, the great armies have great numbers of people, and the great numbers of people have the property of being easily programmed. Being easily programmed means easy to program. You have someone who is not discriminating for stuff, and there's a whole series of stories that you have to do. You have to tell someone that they can uh, understand what they're doing. You're going to tell someone to go over the top, to hurt someone, or in a family group, to move against a person, move someone out, someone in a family group. You've got to be able to get on top and you have to actually override the person. If someone says, hang on, uh, that person is just a living, breathing human being, with a mother and stuff like that. Uh, we shouldn't fire at them, we should talk with them, we should do something else. That person, historically, has been pushed aside and we've got this group coming together. So our sense of group has been the greater power over someone, the observer, coming up. And uh, if you go right down to, to Plato's story, he... Plato's Republic, he said, the Republic is doing something like this where people come together, they don't know where they're going, and these people who are observers who build the goat, build the goat, build the boat, build the direction you're going, these people are people in the way, they're the people you throw overboard. But when you throw all the stargazers and the people who are interested in the wind overboard, you're left with a vehicle with no direction. And uh, one would say, uh, if you look at, say, the United States with COVID, they've uh, really turned on their scientists and uh, the health officials lampooned them, attacked them, and uh, they now have a ship which they don't know exactly where it's going. China, the opposite. Uh, is really like communism is cultivation of intellect that is what you can understand and stuff like that you don't have to free 
free range. So it's coming across now. As a scientist coming up, I really have not had friends. I've had laboratories and test tubes and lasers and dials and mathematics. And uh, at a certain point in time, the lasers, the maths, began to almost like a little boat launch myself up into uh, the unknown. And I couldn't ask for people's bias or prejudice about a differential equation. No one understood it. No one cared. It only mattered that I could select the right one, interpret it in the right way, and move it forward. So there's sort of this, if you like, budding from the bubble of uh, social control. Science actually takes you out there for no other reason that you become isolated and separate because you've got specialist knowledge and you have to actually form a universe around yourself in which there's integrity and stuff like that due to the, the knowledge coming out. So we have this bubble and uh, we have eventually learned to behave in such a way that uh, we do a series of behaviours which are not productive but are calculated to be super productive in the future. So the most productive thing is to pick up a seed and saying I could eat this seed and I'll get one seed worth or I could put it in the ground and it could grow a whole bush with more seeds and the advantage of that, the disadvantage it takes a lot of time, the advantage is that I know where it is and uh, I can actually cultivate my environment. That's one thing. Or I can have a person and I can abuse him, spend my time abusing him. I don't actually get any value from that. But by actually forcing that person to plant seeds where he has to be called the seeds, get a few for himself and get most for me, I can actually cultivate the person and the plant and get some food free. It's sort of the first sort of like thinking logical. Slavery is logical. And the one thing you don't want to do for slaves, you want to tell them just enough information. That the only thing they can think of doing is being enslaved. And like today, you want to give people only enough information for two things. You want them to be a consumer. So you want them to consume so they have a need to be exploited. So they have a need for a television, a need for a car, therefore they need to be at work, they need to be exploited. That sort of comes along and they shouldn't, in that process, should be so time consuming that they have no time for any other system. So one of those, you have those parameters in place, so you should have people working so hard that they can't stop and think about any other way of doing things. That's the parameters. So you have created the perfect dairy cow, something that uh, a cow with looks underneath it. My God, I've got some big others, and oh gee, I'm hungry. Everything. Oh, now I want to give milk. And this is so, like, we've got dairy cow mentality across, like, this 
So it comes across. Now, coming, across, coming outside, there's a series of activities that uh, take you away from this. Series of activities where you start doing things that, so that the uh, uh, idea is that everything can be understood, so everything is comprehensible. If you can't comprehend it, you can understand it by proxy. So I can understand that someone else understands. So I can point to someone over who does, and then that will not mean anything unless I do a second contract of binding myself into that social system. And part of binding that social system is punishing anybody outside that social system. So there's a series of behaviours where not understanding something uh, and not comprehending it means that I attack someone else. This seems to be the basic basic idea. And the process is not so that you can control it, it's part of you being controlled. It is very important that someone at the top who is directing you can actually just steer people away to dependencies. It uh, reminds me of the uh, time our rabbit escaped and it was, it was just a little bit too hoppy, <coughs> but uh, my daughter just opened the cage and it had a bit of hop, and after a while it just went back in the cage. And so you very much want people to be cultivated, civilised, and uh, go back into their cage. Uh, get a bit distressed around in the garden, finding that uh, there's things that they don't understand the world. It's a very big place. Perhaps it's better back in my cage, better, better with my uh, behaviours, controlling behaviours. So, uh, there's this thing of this enormous problem. So, the human race suffers a huge problem that we have learnt to domesticate ourselves <coughs> by not thinking, not thinking has a dreadful price because it means that we're using up all the world's resources, we're destroying the environment, we're creating unstable societies which go to war, that's a failure, or cannot cope with something like a pandemic. They're, they're ripping themselves apart and there are people who are domestication experts who can get in and see a society ripping part has opportunities to get in there and manipulate and move forward and speak to it. And really, if someone's ripping apart, you have to actually speak to them. Or do you? Because as a scientist, you are disinterested, you move apart, you go across. <coughs> so we have this fundamental thing. And uh, I've sort of gone through a series of phases, and uh, I've got one, two, three and ninth phase. So my first phase is uh, without knowledge, without a vantage point looking back in society, I was in society, there was stuff outside society I wanted to understand and I went into the laboratory, I would do maths courses, I studied maths and I sort of went into orbit Sort of like the, uh, a spaceman going out into the uh, space capsule. When he's at the capsule, he could see 
all of humanity underneath it and you feel this enormous connection a long way away. <clears throat> and as a, a scientist, there's a lot of, I suppose, uh, confusion going in the ground. It's very hard to actually come down again. But, that being said, sort of the second phase is uh, looking at the system and looking at flaws in the system, sort of needs in the system. That is, uh, ways of uh, the system is operating and being able to get in the force of that system and in this uh, is writing children's stories. Children's stories about science which would expose it. And this is the idea that <coughs> you create an object which is unpalatable. So to do that in nature you uh, eventually become poisonous and brightly coloured. They know not to eat you, they leave you aside and uh, your poison tree frog, you've got your habitat, they can log it and destroy it eventually but you're there separate, you're not, not a green frog which could be uh, exploited. So we've got these first two steps coming across. Now uh, the first step, I, which is studying maths and studying quantum physics and uh, getting to understand things, is going up. So you can hear me breathing. I'm just uh, <coughs> walking at this point in time. So I've got to do two things at once. I've got to, uh, three things at, or more things. I've got to, uh, I suppose, lose weight, get fit improve breathing, improve cognitive skills and actually stitch this all together into a vision of what I'm doing. So I'm going to be doing this for a couple of years. Let's, let's actually put it into a coherent story, start to look whether it's a coherent story. So part of this unfortunately is stuffing around, learning how to podcast and uh, in this case you're hearing me <coughs> And breathe and, and push ahead. So here we've got the central problem of complex numbers, group theory, nuclear physics, Higgs boson, gravitational waves, uh, cosmic microwave background. All these things are not entering into the mind of the domesticated person. When I say domesticated, like a domesticated cow, or anything like that, what they go around is you put them in the bush, they go, hang on, where's the dairy? How come I've got these big udders? I, I have this need to be exploited and to ensure my other cows go exactly together. And uh, uh, anyone trying to push me out into the wild, I, I just get upset. I, I don't behave properly, but if I do it. So this is domestication and the start so for me uh started not doing that like the cow that that went the wrong way i studied maths and actually saw there's a dislocation between what is taught and what is real so what's been taught 
is got a sole function to imprison people and what you understand liberates you. So this is and you can't mix the two, the two explode. The liberation of food is one it interferes with the uh, the mix, the balance of food to make you captive. Um, and it contradicts that it leads to complete decay because they're not teaching you a topic, they're teaching you a whole controlled system. And so if you change one thing, the whole thing falls apart and it's all interrelated. It's very hard to change it. So there's that. Then there's looking at the system, how does the system work? Can I put something into it where the truth is there and it's pushing the system either side? This is uh, some of the uh, 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 the, uh, fiction that I'm writing, which sort of blends deliberate fiction to destabilize. It's called culture jamming. That is, if someone is saying something which is incorrect, you say something which is just almost plausible but incorrect and an obvious ladder to claw, claw out of it. You, like people are just throwing heaps of, uh, you're in a pile and they just keep on throwing objects in and you can't understand what's going on but then someone throws you down a ladder what did you throw a ladder in they just climb out so there's that that idea there so number one number two uh, number three is coming up because I've seen a pattern yes I've seen a pattern and it still goes like this uh, and where I've seen the pattern it's only just recently when I'm studying, uh, I suppose, atomic physics, then nuclear physics. So, uh, the uh, realization, say, in 1907, 1916, you have the Bohr atom, and that's a description that everyone has still been taught today. And it's wrong for various reasons. It was, it felt right at the time. It was really what people reported. It was just respectable in a small fraction <coughs> for like a, a really tiny fraction of people believed in it. And they had enough lack of knowledge to reflect the lack of knowledge of the teachers. So, teachers have a lack of knowledge and therefore they can only understand people who really understood knew too much will never understand them here the people who do understand we can relate to those we go and so they follow that track which turned to be a dead end and that will be a simple thing to say you say that uh, education followed a dead end because they could relate to people at the level their level of understanding who is going to fill a concrete dead end. Then we come a little bit later, we get Schrodinger wave equations and stuff like that. Then we have spin. And it is like a carbon copy game. So people haven't even gone up the road of spin. So and people eventually wanted to say that look, spin has some other mechanical property. And they made a mistake really quickly. 
and dismissed it really quickly. It didn't even get published, the idea that spin was actually spinning. But they used the term because that was a term that the natives could use. So they have the idea of spin. Spin actually is in the realm of something you can understand, but you can't comprehend it. It's at the higher dimension of these three dimensions. It's a hidden dimension. It's actually physically not spinning. There is no part of an electron which actually spins. So, not only do you have to abandon one thing, you have to get up, and this next thing has gone, gone on. And uh, there's been this thing where um, <coughs> people have gone to the next, uh, the next level, and uh, which is isospin. This is a property of a nucleus, a particle, which is um, not at all physical, and its maths is like ISO is the same as the maths of spin, which isn't the same as spin. So it's, it's ISO spin is doubly not comprehensible as spin. You can understand it, but the term is a comprehensive banner. So it's sort of like a, uh, basically, say if you had a, uh, <coughs> a, uh, a wrecking yard and you had the word manufacture. Manufacture would give you the idea that things would be put together. It's actually taken apart. It's just like completely incorrect. So then there's ice spin and then comes along <coughs> the ice spin is not correct. It's a reference to a gauge symmetry which is broken. That is, when a symmetry is broken, it's not followed. So ice spin only accounts for the very lightest elements, the lightest quarks that's up, down and strange. The other ones you claw up, so there's this mountain peak way above that you need mountaineering equipment to reach. And from there, some said we've gone even further. And they said, well, can we work out why the spin, uh, this ice spin, the symmetry of this is broken? For it to break, uh, you have to have mass. So broken symmetry is mass. I get broken symmetry. I have to get a mathematical term, which is a vector term, a matrix term, but has a scalar mass-breaking term. It, it couples to it, uh, through it, and then you have the terms of the Higgs boson spin. The actual components in there are not. Uh, uh, <coughs> complex numbers, that is, they're not uh, either real or complex, they are real and complex, they are actually things which themselves are little rotations inside that matrix. Rotations inside that matrix 
like a magic trick, runs a thunderbolt through all of physics. Gives you the standard model, gives you, it's like you go for this long track up, this long track up, you scale cliffs, and you see, oh, this is just a simple track all the way down. And it's through all these things that we can't comprehend but we can understand. That's the SU6 symmetry to go across there. So we've got a human, human understandings come for a halt and not proceeded. And uh, there's been this idea that the most important thing to exploit is not my knowledge but other human beings. The idea is that I am rich compared to other human beings. I have power over other human beings. Uh, and knowledge is irrelevant. It's only relative knowledge. I know how to make someone more upset. My power is to make myself happy by making other people upset. It's this really primitive theme and uh, looking at this I've had uh, two, two generations of strategies. One is to understand it. I'm going through carefully and understanding a game. Second one is to construct a world or mechanism which deconstructs the actual forces that's go in. And now the third one is to actually structure those forces to explain these social forces. And I want to go back and try and describe, describe these social forces and what's going on. So I, I posit that uh, we've sort of made one small step to say, look, it's not God. Uh, God is not a relevant question. And this is what uh, Thomas Huxley, who invented agnostic, means. He's saying, agnostic is saying, uh, I prefer to ask science questions. Uh, religion is not the main theme. And uh, it's just reframing the situation such that scientists can just get on and do the job. That was Thomas Huxley's invention there. But he, he, he did that first transform to make religion not the central question. The central question is the scientific question. That was that first transformation. The second transformation was to say, science is worthwhile, we should teach it, this is from Faraday going up, upwards, and uh, we should teach it, it must, from it should teach it, it must be teachable. Uh, and my only method of teaching is to give something that someone can comprehend. You comprehend things and you build sort of like bricks and mortar understanding. I comprehend things and then I understand it. Understanding comes after comprehension. And uh, uh, so you can understand a bit more than you can comprehend. You build your comprehension and it's this sort of walking comprehension understanding. Now, of course, there are certain things that uh, mathematically we can tools we can use and that's we can't comprehend we can't comprehend what an imaginary number is yet 
uh, a atom requires an imaginary number to spin, that is to rotate. It physically doesn't have objects on it which can rotate, it has a complex phase which rotates around the outside, spins, <coughs> and you can gradually get up to that. Something an electron does not spin is an elementary particle is indeed as magical as God. An electron has a magnetic field, but it has no currents to generate a magnetic field. It has a primeval, basic magnetic field. That magnetic field then uh, inside it says everything else and the magnetic field comes from its spin and its spin has the property of an object spinning, say a coin spinning, coin flipping, that rotating, or a wheel and a car rotating around. But it has no internal objects, no internal features which can actually spin. Uh, and then it's got features which we don't understand, we can't comprehend. So if I have my fist, I can't put it through a wall like a ghost, but if it's a neutron, I can actually just pop that neutron and just chuck it and it'll just float through the wall as if there's nothing there. Because it's, the space isn't there, that wall is occupying uh, uh, the fermions are occupying space, they're a different quantum number to the free neutron which is, is going through it. So that all that aspect <coughs> uh, coming along. So we're at the stage and it looks so we're not going to get there. If we if we go through uh, the system of we're doing of gradual revolution, we're at a point for which uh, people no longer walk. Uh, the actual method of understanding is this comprehension-based understanding is not there. Uh, the time that we want to teach people is too short. Uh, the necessary uh, steps you have to go to, it's sort of like the idea that I can generate a priest, a 21-year-old priest, to understand life's lessons and counsel people with the only wisdom they can get when they're 80 or 60 or 100 stuff like that. We are this amazing situation, we've got longer lifespans, we're creating this amazing <coughs> world where we're keeping people artificially, as artificial mathematical infants by uh, convincing that they cannot be challenged by uh, equations and maths. Maths is the key way to get to the edge of the universe. It's the key way that I can get inside a star. It's the key way that I can see light and understand what it is. It's through maths. You can only get there through maths. If you destroy someone's uh, ability to do maths by saying, it's not important, I didn't do it, it's stupid. <coughs> and if you take more than a year to get up to a certain level, you may as well give it up. You are making that person permanently infant. 
they can only eat the baby food of knowledge, highly processed knowledge out of a jar. They can never cook or put ingredients together. They can never learn. Once you destroy someone's maths, you have made them your prisoner forever. They will never escape and they will become your tools. Because someone without maths can have no purpose in their life except to inflict misery on others. I'm absolutely sure of that. That's, that's so, so what? Someone who without maths is a monster. And all they can do is <coughs> explain how they don't know maths by making other people miserable. miserable. That's all I can see. Someone who does not know maths, what they wind up doing things is they're either uh, benign, profusely stupid, or if they do, they cannot but put someone who does know maths down and stop them over and over again. They can build entire institutions which don't know maths, build entire syllabuses without maths. They can say, I don't understand maths, so therefore <coughs> my educational model has to be <coughs> here, feel this block and feel that. The most important thing is that I've made you someone who values what I've given you. You have valued my reputation. So reputation is completely defunct. Someone with a great reputation who does not know maths, well, what are you? There's someone who thinks they're good even though you don't know maths. It's, it's the most incredible, incredible aspect. So the actual way of getting to the edge of the universe, the way of understanding the exposure, the way of understanding gravitational waves, black holes, uh, chemicals, uh, life, uh, is through maths, it's through complex numbers, it's through group theory. And if you have a kid and you tell them anything else, what do you tell them? You tell them it's okay not to understand, you can be happy, you can have what you want because you're not going to be interested in knowledge, you're going to be interested in living in a nice house, not thinking too much, having fun, watching sport and keeping other people down. Because if you can keep other people down, you are valuable to someone who wants at the top person at the top wants to keep people down and they will recruit other people who will keep them down and keep a maths three bubble. And that's what education is, and that's three bubbles. So going through, and I've only realised this through um, understanding the maths, and I'm, not, I'm nowhere near there. I've, basically I've understood quantum physics, I'm really struggling with group theory to get through what it actually means. Is a lie group? What is a unitary group? These are the, I know what it means in terms of physical processes. I, I, I know a unitary group gives you spin up electrons and stuff like that. Special unitary group gives you that. I know that SU6 gives you the standard model. I know 
So I, I still haven't got quite there, but I know that's the direction to go. Everybody else, uh, when I hear it on the news, doesn't retain it. Oh, look, I heard something about 10 years ago. They discovered the new particle, which explains all the science. I heard five years ago, they've now hearing black bo bodies radiate. I've, I've, but it doesn't mean anything to me because all I want to do is to control others. All I want to do is to tell others, to have a big family and tell all my children and everyone I know that maths is not important. That's all I want to do. So I hear this on the news, that's not important. I can say, what's the use of it? How does that make me fatter? How does it make me richer? How does it make me more powerful? And those questions are not the questions that maths answers. And they're not the, the critical questions. They're not the questions to open up the universe to look at. So, coming back again there, uh, I've gone through step one, step two. So step one is to start to understand maths. Step two, is to play around with fiction to actually draw people out, to put people offside, to see how it could go forward, how you could lead people, uh, and how you could structure uh, an education system which allowed the scientists in and kept the educators out, uh, allowed us to build social robots which can get to the kids and teach them. That's, that's what I think we can do. We, we can build uh, boxes which teach quantum physics full of massive artificial intelligence supercomputing which ha can have just an enormous amount of computer power. We can teach it to play AlphaGo. We can teach it to win chess. We can teach it. We can teach a robot to teach our kids better than a teacher can and that's going to be the end the end of the story I think because uh, it will be able to work out that 999 students cannot understand it but there will be one who can who would otherwise been slaughtered that that one in a thousand which would have been uh, playing computer games in a uh, a warehouse, stuff like that. We can we can get that back, and that person can build our uh, new new race. There's others, a uh, new vision. There are others that we can move across. There's others who would turn into beliefs, who would say that we, we can have it. Just a gradual effect can eventually get them. So that's this stage two. Stage three is. So once I go to stage one, stage two, stage three, there can be an infinite number of stages. But the next stage is to actually look at this and say, what has happened? What is the, the major thing of the church? Not what it, it, it thought, but how, how it did it. It did a lot of burning of people on stakes, a lot of torture of people, a lot of going through books, a lot of control. What was it? Why was the church so obsessed? Why were people 
services of finding witches and burning them. If you actually look at World War II, look at the Reformation, look at what they were doing, they weren't uh, cultivating more land, they were blowing everybody else, stabbing them, killing them, to make them think a particular way. The thing is, they, the aim of a gun with a bullet and a sight is to actually stop someone, is to kill them. And that <coughs> entire idea may have gone underground, but you still have this education, is to kill people from understanding maths. It's, it's, it's the same same sort of thing. It happens again. And uh, when and it's the propaganda war that uh, at the end, the person who's done all the killing, the blood in the hand, is quick, get a historian to write and build me a monument and rewrite history so it's there. So what's happened is that uh, the modern way of teaching science is a parody of logic. It's a parody of real science. If you got a uh, <coughs> uh, got a room full of high school trained students and you set them about the task of getting from 2010, sorry, 1910 to 1930, they could not do it because they have been poisoned. The difference between the people at 1910, how the people at 1910 got to 1930, which is quite a they weren't educated by the education system. They didn't have people switching off their brains because that's a major thing. The quick switch off their brains, we, we're going to have a consumer society across here. So, watching it here. Now, given this process went once, this is the bore atom, easy to teach, that's the way to do it. Uh, then we have spin, easy to teach, that's the way to do it. Then we have ice spin. Then we have sort of a level of mathematics, which I myself still can't start struggling with, but I know that's the direction to go. And I think what people need to do is possibly need to know step one is to try and understand that. Step two is try and understand the play. To ask yourself, does that teacher, does that school, does that system really care what the truth is? Do they really care about me personally? Or are they more interested in me caring about them? You know, part of wanting a qualification from them is saying, I really care about this qualification. I really care, and the society that goes with it. So, uh, there's that next step, and the machines and mechanisms you can put into that. So the machines and mechanism is uh, rewriting the way science works written to circumvent and uh, cancel, 
science like this, Bill, uh, and to bring peer review into science, science books, to make it crowdsources, make it supported with dynamic social robots, which can get in there and absolutely destroy, destroy it. That is, your social robot for the first year with millions of dollars going into it, top companies, best technology ever going into it, will not compete with a humble teacher first year. Ten years on, I think it's going to have a go. It's like the driverless car. It's going to have a go. A hundred years on, there will be no comparison. It is an investment that we really have to do. We are, we are investing the wrong resource. The problem of teaching a person is that they will die, they will be distracted, they will be corrupted. And there's only so much capacity. If I have something, a story written by millions or thousands of scientists, thousands of computers must be told by thousands of computers, thousands of scientists, it must be told and it must be told through the technology we've created. We, we have to do it that way. That's one step. So that's step two. Step three is to understand that we're continually going through this journey and to be able to pick out uh, what we think is the next generation of science and what is step back. So um, uh, it's like isospin is the word isospin we grab because it's spin, I can spin a bottle, but it is so far removed from that uh, stuff like that. This, like the bandwidth for the analysis, it's, it's, it's so far removed uh, from it. Uh, the idea of this Copenhagen school is just the most insane throwback to, to sort of understand at a high level that uh, yeah, go away and learn maths. Yeah, go and reinvent teaching. But let's have a look at this, the overall process of uh, corruption to come in here. And it is corruption. Uh, what is going on? Why do we want to do things? Uh, and we can look at this. Our technology was, yes, it was an axe but it was also getting an army to weld those axes to get to convince there's someone to throw a spear, but to convince 20 people they had to throw a spear at one time against one person is to actually move the wave function of human society, manipulate it and hold it in your hands and shape it and to try and work out how that's happening and the fact that uh, the need to control people is the need to feel they understand. Like if you if you said go and I had to say it, go and kneel on that back person's throat, go and do this horrible thing, go and defend so and so's rights. You have to convince someone that they have sufficient understanding and the other person they're acting against 
as insufficient understanding. How do you do that? Well, you have to actually keep them completely uneducated. You have to suppress their intellectual ability, their ability to reason, to get people to be unreasonable, to hold them in your hands and to cast the, the, the power of uh, society has been thus far than being very unreasonable. And to do that, you have to have a preference to control a method of teaching and uh, ideas which delivers you control. The moment you actually teach people advanced maths, so if you teach someone statistics, you teach them reason. And you're teaching them to go above intuition. If you teach them Bayesian logic, Bayesian statistics, they can start to realize this, this complex story of ethics. Um, and you can, you can see, see this come across. <coughs> to predict the future and to cross-correlate the actual probability of an outcome you know, you can have a horrible outcome, but it may be very remote and less likely by doing something bad, so to speak. You cannot... So before, I could, in um, 1914, go up to an Australian country town with a loud hailer and press a few emotional buttons get that, those Aussies out in France, get them out in Turkey, just blacking away. Possibly war crimes happening along the way. That's the way I do it. And once you get them going, you, you, can, you can control them. Nowadays, I'm proposing that uh, there is no rush to get people working because we have an abundance of robots and productivity and computers and things to provide stuff. It is now, it's really now the time to actually perhaps teach them maths, teach them, the most important thing about maths I think is to teach, teach that it takes time to understand and that something might be understandable ununderstandable, but if you keep your interest up in it, you'll eventually find something which gets to it. One of the things I, I uh, my father studied continued fractions, and it was just only recently that I saw continued fractions and realized that the size of the number in a continued fraction gives you the <coughs> error of approximation, and it gives you a, uh, a feel about the statistics within that tells you how close to an irrational, what a perfect irrational number is, and gives you a sense of patterns and structures outside it. So something. Now I didn't understand that, but it's just continued interest in it, day after day, time after time, comes across. And I think one of the great things is the understanding that your human intellect is very limited and in your life you're only going to understand.
this small fraction of mathematics. And is this mathematics going to actually enrich your life? Is it actually going to save someone? And in my case it has. So I, I have saved several people's lives with scientific understanding, modelling and stuff like that. Been able to quietly go back in a crisis, sit down, model, produce a strategy, stuff like that. And here's the same case in terms of uh, this idea of solution states, excited states. Nuclear physics has excited states. You have an excited state of a proton. A proton is not a fundamental particle. It's got bits in it, and the bits can be rearranged to be an excited state. So similarly, similarly the uh, <coughs> here we've got a situation we can sort of mathematically model our way through it. So that's, that's my view to come, come in here, uh, and this idea of, of one solution, two solutions, three n solutions, n solutions creating a sort of a Hilbert space of solutions to uh, <coughs> get us through knowledge. The important thing is that uh, uh, the thing that I find is that people who are anti-maths beget, have children, and influence other people to be anti-maths. It's sort of like this contamination. And uh, the great thing about being non-mathematical is that it frees you. It's one way to deal with a problem. That is, <coughs> uh, uh, and we all do this. We all eventually will die. We will have a problem, be it a cardiac one, uh, be it something else, be it cancer. We will have a problem which will eventually take us over. Uh, and uh, you can elect to live your life and not have treatment. But there's sort of a nobility uh, and understanding with it. So you can, it's sort of like uh, this amazing thing. What is perhaps the, the saddest thing is someone who's perhaps capable of knowing mathematics, uh, being denied it. I know I sound like a, a radical here. I am. Now look, I do believe all this passionately. Now I'm coming up to the end of my walk and hopefully, <coughs> yeah, oops, here's an example. Uh, I've got to do rehab and I've studied frontier analysis for multivariate optimization. So I know that I have to get fit cognitive stuff stuff like that and uh, so many other aspects of it. An hour and two minutes and uh, this is my maths manifesto. Thanks for listening. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.